Hello and welcome to another podcast of Father and Joe. I am Joe Rocky, here with Father Boniface Hicks. And as we had a conversation throughout these last couple of casts about how to be better in evangelizing, evangelization, we talked about infants and their baptism. We talked about adults' roles in the process. And this particular episode is going to focus about the marriage, the the sacrament that God gave us to unite. So, in the last episode, we brought upon an important element, which was we are called to live a life of love. And we talked about how there's no good and bad. You can do a lot of neutral things that prevent you from being good. Neutral is stagnation. The goal is to grow closer to Christ. And one of the ways in which the church has recognized this is the sacrament of marriage. And so that's what today's cast is going to be about. How to grow as married people closer to God. How to be an example of the outpouring. And then also, probably as equally as important, how to receive it in a way that is also based upon love. Yeah, marriage is uh, certainly so much at the heart of, uh, of everything. If we look from a, a, a biblical worldview, in the beginning God made them male and female in his own image and likeness. And we see that the two were made to become one flesh. And that complementarity of male and female uniting in a lifelong union in marriage open to the gift of children is the real building block of societies. It's a building block of, of our whole world. And so marriage is so much at the center. And as we were talking about the last time, and you use those two great Christian virtues, humility and charity, and we talked about the example of Christ's love for us on the cross as being the real model of holiness and the model of a life fulfilled when we can give our life to give life to others is so obviously and radically lived out in marriage. And we have to have a, a sense of marriage, a view of marriage that, that involves a real um, Self-sacrifice, sometimes to use a couple of simple expressions, but I think it gets at the difference between some of our modern mentality about marriage compared to the real radiant vision of what marriage could be, can be. Uh, Sometimes people will say, you know, marriage is 50-50, and that's where each person in the marriage is kind of giving what they have to to sort of meet the full 100% need. You have to make it 50-50. But uh, then the counter to that is, no, marriage is 100-100. Each person needs to give all of themselves because only in giving your whole self is, is it actually going to work. As long as married couples are holding back from each other, as long as they're holding out something for themselves, as long as they're carving out a little space for their own selfishness, 
never going to work. Uh, you have a minimum. It's sort of like the difference between real peace and just a ceasefire. You know, ceasefire, at least there's no aggression, kind of like we were talking about the last time. Not doing bad is a good start, but it's not enough to not do bad. We need to also do good. And if a marriage is simply not irritating the other person, not doing bad to the other person, it's not really a marriage. It's a, it's a contract. It's a, uh, a cooperation. It's, uh, you know, but there, but there isn't a real mutual self-gift that's life-giving. That's more than the sum of its parts. And so the difference between 50-50 and 100-100. I remember I was talking to one married person who uh, had, you know, he and his wife had put their careers first and um, they were going to wait, you know, five years, whatever, before having children. And uh, because, you know, they also wanted to work on themselves, as they said, and work on their relationship and these kinds of things. We hear this kind of thing all the time. And uh, after five years and they were waiting for him to finish grad school and decided, well, you know, it's long enough and they were going to have uh, a baby and had their first child. And the husband was completely transformed by that first child. He, so much selfishness went out the window because you just can't, you can't really negotiate selfishness with a baby. It's not like you can say to the baby, you know, hey, could you, could you just stop crying for like 10 minutes because I got to finish up my own thing, you know? Can you just like deal with your own thing for, for 20 minutes? Can we talk about this tomorrow? <laughs> I mean, you just can't negotiate with a baby. And so... And of course, he felt the uh, real radical dependence of that baby on him. And so his selfishness just went out the window, just totally out the window. As soon as that baby cried, he dropped everything. He didn't do that for anybody his whole life. You know, he did it for that baby. And so then he, he told me, he said, you know, we talked about like working on ourselves and working on our marriage and these kinds of things. He said, that was just a bunch of baloney. Really what we were doing is figuring out how to maximize our own selfishness without interfering with the other person's selfishness. And if I can come back to that image, it's like they were trying to figure out how to get that perfect balance of 50-50. I give half of myself to you and I keep half of myself for myself. And the other person does the same thing and that way we've maximized our selfishness while still having a relatively functional household and that kind of thing. That baby came in and it just went totally out the window, 100%, all in. Selfishness went out the window. So that's the kind of transforming impact that marriage can have, and especially marriage with children. And, and uh, that guy said to me, he said, we thought we were working on our marriage. He said, we didn't even know what marriage was until we had a baby. He said, then I figured out what it's all about. And wow, what what a difference. I don't know how... I just regret that we wasted so much time uh, before before having children. So it just really transformed the whole thing. And that's marriage lived 100-100, all in. And that all in includes the gift of children. You know, we can't really say I'm giving 100% to you if I'm holding back my fertility for myself. <laughs> and that's, you know, ultimately what the... That, that attitude of, uh, of waiting. And there are prudential reasons why 
people may choose to delay having children uh, or, or space children or some other things. I don't want to make it sound like, you know, married couples have to have as many children as they possibly can, ready, set, go. Uh, but certainly there are some prudential reasons for delaying, for, for spacing. But anyway, uh, we can't do that if it's just a matter of withholding my fertility for myself. I don't want to give this part. I give you the rest of it, you know, my attention, my, my work, my money, my whatever, but I'm going to withhold my fertility for myself. Um, well, that's not 100, 100. So marriage really lived out in that radical way, which is scary because you have to trust a person a whole lot to really be 100% in, to really give your whole heart, your whole mind, your whole soul, you know, to, uh, obviously we're giving that first of all to God and that's the only way that it works. But then I'm also, you know, in marriage, you're really also giving it to your spouse. And that's a, it's a beautiful witness. When we meet married couples that live like that, we say, wow. That's, you just really trust each other. I mean, you are really giving yourselves to each other. That's amazing. And we see how beautiful it is because what happens is when married couples give themselves to each other in that way, it naturally overflows. Uh, likewise, when, when married couples welcome children in, that parenthood, that fatherhood and motherhood get activated in a way that it spills out all over the place. They're not only taking their own children in, but they're starting to take the neighbor's kids in and the neighbors, you know, they're starting to welcome other people into their house. When you're already cooking for 10 people, you know, adding another an 11th to the table is like not a big deal. And it becomes a, a whole community of love that naturally spills out and touches the lives of others and welcomes others in and nurtures and cares for others. That's the way that, that marriage is really uh, is really amazing, and that's why it becomes the building block of society, because it creates that foundation of love, and it creates this this warm, safe, nurturing space that even the the outcasts or the orphans of society can be brought into that space and can be cared for, and then of course as families kind of spill into each other's lives in that way. That becomes the deep bond, the, the interlinking fabric that starts to create communities and, and hold society together. So, so we really see how marriage is so core to, uh, to society in general, to human uh, relationships, or to human society. Uh, but then obviously marriage as, as raised up and transformed in Christ is, is so core to Christianity. A parish is ultimately a family of families, and the, the priest is always in relationship to marriage. The priest is a father of married couples, a father of marriages, a father of families. His spiritual fatherhood flows over into the families, and sisters and uh, religious sisters, you know, become sisters and mothers to, to families, and, you know, so all, all of that fits together so nicely, but the family uh, and is at the core, and of course, the core of the family is is a marriage between a, a man and a woman, and united in Christ, and all of those things. So, I, hopefully, that gives a little illustration of what uh, marriage looks like, and what holy marriages look like, and the and the blessing that holy marriages are for the church and for the world. I think it definitely does. One of the things that 
over this first year of my marriage and and exploring these concepts with you, Father, is I like how you started with that concept of a 50-50 versus a 100-100. Because as you look to prior relationships in your life, you know, for most people, even into their marriage, but certainly before it, you know, the term commitment is obtaining that 50-50 balance as you did with your first example there, that they were just trying to learn how to maximize their own selfishness. And I think that as you look realistically, I think that's where a lot of people are at. And I love how you just gave a great example of of what what it should be and what it could be. And maybe I just need to learn by example because I can't do things through a book very well. But that was what this first year has essentially shown to me. So what I wanted to, to, to continue this is, is obviously the, we can't go through every day-to-day action of a marriage. What was to how to open it up to make sure that the interconnection of families and bringing in each other. And I can easily see how that does with children. They're always hanging out with other friends because you want your kids to be sociable. So therefore you're implicitly have to be sociable with the other kids' parents. So there's inherently a community being built there. What I wanted to take this next section on was how do we make sure that we foster it still being with Christ to keep the mission of evangelization rolling on? But allow me to make a little advertisement. I I think uh, if I have my dates right, today is the last day to register for the Parenting as Ministry workshop that will be held at St. Vincent Archabbey on November 17th, should be this coming Saturday. And if you go to IMF, uh, Institute of Ministry Formation, imf.org, St. Vincent Seminary, spell out stvincentseminary.edu, then you'll find the, uh, the registration link there for the, the Parenting as Ministry um, workshop that is going to be held. Mike and Alicia Hernan will be giving that workshop. They're the uh, producers of the Messy Parenting podcast, which is wonderful. Also, encourage you to check that out, messyparenting.org. Uh, and you can find that podcast. But Mike and Alicia are going to talk, give three talks looking at the way that parenting evangelizes parents, the way that parenting evangelizes children, and the way that families as a family can evangelize others. And so really encourage uh, anybody to sign up for that. Anything I say here will uh, just be a little faint glimmer compared to what they will offer us in that workshop um, so again, imf.stvincentseminary.edu, and you find the registration link for the workshop this coming Saturday, November 17th. And parenting really does, as, as marriage is rooted in Christ, uh, the very process of passing on the, the faith is a key part of keeping it rooted in Christ, uh, it's the experience of a lot of people, a lot of pastors I've talked to have told me that they see this in their parishioners, that 
people kind of wander away. They think, you know, my life is reasonably okay, and uh, they get married, and that's fine. But then they finally have children, and they go, oh, gosh, you know, I suddenly realized that my Catholic education, my Catholic formation was important to my childhood. Uh, I believe in God, and I need to pass that on to my children. They don't just get it by default. And so how am I going to do that? Well, I guess I need to have them baptized. I guess I need to pay attention to my faith. I guess I need to be able to share that with them. So again, children play such a critical role in evangelizing the parents by their own need. They need to learn the faith. They need to be introduced to God. And who's going to do that? Well, the parents are going to do that. Well, the parents need to know God then. Again, it's we're not really Christian until we start sharing our faith. And a lot of people start doing that when they become parents. That becomes the first concrete expression of that. Um, and God forbid parents think they can just pawn their children off on CCTV programs or on Catholic education. It's a, it's a good outreach. Uh, it's a good, it's an important thing, Catholic education and CCD, but it's not enough, just not enough. And if they're not getting it at home, if they're not getting it from the parents, it's not going to stick. And that's a lot of what we see, I think, in the past generations that have, were raised Catholic but fell away from the faith. They just never got it at home. There was never a Catholic culture at home, never a witness from parents at home. So parenting is a real key part of evangelization and a real key part of learning the faith by sharing the faith, by raising children in the faith. So, uh, And that starts, again, with a parent's own relationship to Christ inviting it into the marriage builds on having a personal relationship with Christ, having a personal prayer life. Again, we talked about, uh, I guess in the last podcast, the, the importance of prayer and study and community. If we're not praying, then it's not going to work. If we're not doing some kind of reading, studying, learning, it's not going to work. None of us have infused knowledge of the whole faith. <laughs> There's a lot to learn about, about God. And then we bring that into our prayer. Prayer and study go together very naturally. Maybe I shouldn't use the word study because that scares people and makes them think of school. But anyway, some kind of, some way of learning. And there's lots of, you know, this podcast being an example and other video podcasts, Word on Fire. Uh, Bishop Barron has done a wonderful job of, of putting a lot of material out there, the Catholicism series, a lot of different ways to take in things about the faith. But prayer and study and then living in community. And that community starts with the sacraments, going to mass at a parish, but then really being in community with other families, with other individuals. We need that support. We need that witness from others, and we need to give that witness to others. It's a, a critical part of growing in the faith. So that's going to be the way that we grow personally. And then as a marriage, we're going to bring those things together. There are going to be times we pray together, times that we study together, times that we enter into community together. We can pray together. Married couples can pray together by uh, praying the Liturgy of the Hours, for example, just by saying an Our Father and a Hail Mary. Uh, or I love the practice. I know married couples who, at the end of the day, will share some of their intentions with each other. You know, these are some things I'm praying about. These are some things I'm struggling with. Can we pray for this person? Can we pray for this problem in my life? Can we pray for our children? And so we do that explicitly. Um, 
also uh, studying together. It's wonderful for married couples to watch some some videos or to read some things together, to listen to a podcast and discuss it with each other, having that study, having that ongoing formation in the faith together, and then entering into community together. And that might be inviting people over, you know, have the priest over for dinner, have the invite, you know, another family over for dinner and, and be explicit about uh, letting people know, you know, the, what you're studying, share your prayer, let them know you're Catholic, uh, making that Christian dimension an explicit part of the community is, is important. Uh, as a married couple, reaching out to uh, participate in different events, to participate in the parish, to, uh, to build friendships with other, with other Catholics, um, to go on retreat together, to a lot of different ways to build community or participate in community. So, um, all three of those dimensions, prayer, study, community, doing it together as a married couple, doing it individually, first of all, you know, our, our faith can't simply be communal, it has to also be personal. So we do that alone, we do it together as a married couple, and then uh, all of that has a way of forming us, and then we do a lot of, uh, we, we live a lot of good, do a lot of good corporal works of mercy in the family and outside the family. We do them individually. We do them together as, a, as a, you know, people, married couples do them together with each other. So again, just uh, all different dimensions of, uh, of growing in the faith, of growing as a married couple, uh, the importance of welcoming children in and forming children. And then ultimately, not just as a married couple, but with children doing those kinds of outreaches, doing different forms of uh, study, prayer, community, and, and all of that is a, a witness to, uh, to bring others closer to Christ, to, to help others see what a life in Christ can look like. You know, one of the things that definitely came across in the series that we just did here about evangelization is that it sounds really, really hard because you're using the word evangelization foreign to most of our ears but as we've gone through these past couple of episodes there's a lot of things that don't take a great deal of effort that can really yield a lot of results and you know I hope that these have come across in, in this series we did here because Father you just brought out some really great things in a marriage that if you create a system where they are instilled within you as an individual and as a marriage, that you can make a great difference here. And unless I'm missing something, all of us are capable. There's many ways of doing this, and we've barely touched the surface upon the examples, but it's something that everyone is capable of doing and should be striving to in a routine within their life. So, Father, I'd like to give you an opportunity to, to close out the series here as we um, conclude today's cast as well as our series here on evangelization. Yeah, well, again, I think the, the fundamental thing is we have to deepen our own life with Christ. 
And all of us have to ask the question, is he really the center of my life? Are my priorities arranged according to my Christian faith, or are they arranged, first of all, because I'm an American, or because I'm a Republican, or because I'm a business owner, or because I'm a, uh, I live in Pennsylvania? You know, what's the real center of our life? What's the governing principle of our life? Is it really Christ? So we have to ask that for ourselves and then uh, grow in our own faith, prayer, study, community, doing good, works of mercy, paying attention to others. Those dimensions are all dimensions that we grow in. And then as we do that, we witness to others. And if uh, we witness always, first of all, to our own families, you know, we, we, if everybody's real Catholic in your family, you build each other up. And if not, just by nature of being around each other, there's a witness there. Now, it's always hardest. Uh, a prophet is never welcome in his own hometown. So we shouldn't be focused so much on converting our families, but the witness happens there. And we, we build each other up. We're witnessed to by our own families. Uh, and then certainly where there's a, a, a Christian marriage and the married couples witness to and build each other up in those same dimensions, prayer, study, community, works of mercy, and uh, then live those out together, uh, carrying that into our workplace, uh, allowing our Christianity really to spill out into every area of our life. Um, those are, you know, all of the areas of growth. And then uh, not being afraid to, to share that for people to see. Uh, let, let them see the good works that you do and so give glory to your Father in heaven. That's what Jesus said to us. So um, doing good, not just, in, we should do good in hidden ways to test our motives, but we should also do good in public ways. And people will see and they'll glorify our Father in heaven. So um, uh, all of those different dimensions help to evangelize and uh, really spread uh, the, the beauty of being Christian. You know, if we don't love our Christian faith, then we're not going to evangelize well. But when we love it, you know, how can we hold back from sharing it with others? So, so that's the basic uh, approach to, to evangelization. Um, for children, again, you know, parenting is, is part of evangelizing children, and parents are evangelized by, by parenting children. Again, I, as I mentioned, I really hope you can sign up for and come to the, the workshop we're going to have at St. Vincent. I'm really excited about it. Mike and Alicia Hernan are fantastic people. They have uh, 10 children of their own and are, are really uh, have a lot of wisdom, um, but they don't give a one-size-fits-all. They give some principles, kind of like I've done, and then they invite the discussion. Let's reflect now. You know, How can you do this in your life? And that would be a good way for me to conclude this podcast, too. And you know, don't just let this be a, a nice thing that you hear Father and Joe talking about. How are you going to do this in your life? How can you see areas that you can grow in prayer, study, community, good works? Who are some people that you can witness to in your life? Who's your neighbor that you encounter and do good for? Um, make it concrete. So Mike and Alicia are going to do that. And you can sign up imf.stvincentseminary.edu. And uh, there's a, a registration page. A lot of other things there, too. The Institute for Ministry Formation. Uh, this podcast is linked there. And we're putting up some resources to help people grow in their faith. So I hope that's a, a place, a landing place that will provide you with some additional formation material and workshops and 
different things like that. So I think the desire to do it is really key as well. And, and hopefully listening to our podcast gives you a little more fire like Joe uh, had from his, uh, his own conversion and, and study. Has, it gives you a little more fire to share the faith with others. On that note, we'd like to thank you all for listening today. And we will be with you again next week. And we'll talk to you then.